Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak. I'm your host, Elena Fox Starks. Hey guys, I have to start this episode off with a a little bit of an apology. I am kind of stuffy. I am having, I think, allergies because there's something blooming outside. But a bigger part of it is I'm just trying to cleanse myself from all the aggro (laughs) aggressive energy from yesterday that was in and around uh, me and also the city and um, as you know I'm an empath and I went out into the community yesterday and it's just it exhausts me to be around um, so many people so the next day I'm always pretty tired so I thought hey I'll burn the incense at least that I bought in front of the cathedral and well, I know I'm having a stuffy nose. <laughs> anyway, um, I think that a lot of the aggro energy from yesterday is part of the shadow energy that we are collectively shedding. Tomorrow will be the final part of getting rid of a lot of our shadow selves, our shadow side. So a lot of this stuff is coming up. Even for me, I had some family-related stuff from my past come up, and it's like, what is that? Man, it's been a while. I thought it was over, but there's always the layers. You know, we're all like onions. Once you peel one layer off, another layer is underneath. And we got to get to the core of it by peeling off all the layers, all the parts of our shadow side. For some reason, uh, there's a lot more motorcycles on the road and the traffic is really heavy. And I don't know, I guess maybe because it's the weekend. So my apologies for that as well. I am going to talk and address now the moon tomorrow that we are going to collectively experience And it will be seen from North and South America, all of Europe, and I believe Asia, and I think the whole world will be able to see it. So what is happening tomorrow? I'm sure you've seen it on the news or you've heard it on the radio already. We are going to experience what is called the Super Wolf Blood Moon. Not making that up. It sounds like a novel written by a young adult author, doesn't it? You know, Super Wolf Blood Moon. So I'm going to break it down and explain it if you haven't really caught an explanation yet. So tomorrow we are going to have what is called a super moon. It's called super because it appears between 14% and 33% bigger 
than normal. So it's kind of like a larger than life moon. And if I tell you like in the movie E.T. <laughs> when they're riding across the moon in the sky and the moon was huge, that would have been what's called a super moon. Even though with the magic of Hollywood, it was made a lot bigger than actual. The, so don't be disappointed when you look in the sky and you're like, just looks a little bit bigger than normal, not like huge. <laughs> but because of the orbits of everything, um, the moon does come closer to the earth, um, you know, part of the year. And that's when we have the super moon. And the wolf part of the super, super wolf blood moon is because it's January and in Native American um, calendars, this is the time of the wolf. January, this time of the year is when it's cold and the wolves howl. They come closer to villages, I think, seeking food and warmth. A lot of North America is blanketed under snow. So this is the time of the wolf, when the wolf comes. So every month there's there's 13 moons in a year, so there's 13 different, um, I mean, full moons, you know, moon cycles. There's 13 in a year, so there's 13 animals in Native American traditions. I was born in August, which is the bear moon. Also, it's called the harvest moon because it's right before the harvest, which is in September. So the super wolf blood moon, and why is it called blood? Uh, It makes you think of werewolves, doesn't it? (laughs) The super wolf blood moon, like, it's just, it's hard to unpack. (laughs) But blood moon is called blood because the moon will appear for a short time to be, for about an hour to be exact, it will appear to be red, the color of blood. And in some parts of the earth, it will appear to be a little bit orangey or dark, completely dark. When it's fully dark, it will be very, very dark red because we are going to be having a full lunar eclipse. So not only is it going to be a full moon, the earth is going to jump between the moon and the sun temporarily and cover the moon entirely. And it will have the appearance of being red and plus is big. So it's going to be a big moon, big red moon. So the super wolf blood moon has a lot of significance to it because it doesn't happen very often. In fact, this will be the last lunar eclipse that we have for this decade. The next lunar eclipse that we will have, the full lunar eclipse during a full moon, will be when, well, it will be in 2021. I can't remember when, actually. But the next time we have all of these exact same components, Super Wolf Blood Moon, will be in the year 2033. That number came up yesterday, didn't it? I just realized when I was talking to you about Noah the Time Traveler, he comes from the year 2033. So now I'm wondering if he talks about watching the Super Wolf Blood Moon. He didn't come here to watch it this time. He came here to talk to a relative that had passed 
when he wanted to meet the relative in person and have a conversation. That's his story. Pretty interesting. If you haven't checked it out, seriously, go look up Noah the Tra- Noah the Time Traveler. It's very interesting. So, during times of lunar eclipses, lunar eclipses don't happen that often. When they do, it is a time for your shadow side to come up because the moon is under shadow. Literally, it's being overshadowed by the earth. So it's a time to lift up. So as the moon is being covered by the earth is the time to bring all that stuff up. And when the earth is passing out of alignment and the sun can once again shine on the moon and the moon can once again reflect the sun, it's a time to let go of all your shadow stuff. So if you are so inclined to do magic, Go on out tomorrow night. It's going to be happening during the full moon during. Well, it depends on the time. I think in California, be around 840 on the East Coast in North America, be around 1140. You know, so for me, it'll probably be around 1140. I'm in Ecuador, as you all know, but I am on the East Coast timeline or time. <laughs> in fact, if I look on a map, I believe I'm directly below my house in Detroit. Uh, so tomorrow's a good time, you know, go on out and watch it with your kids, watch it with your sweetheart. If you are single like me, I'm going to possibly pray under the lunar eclipse to no longer feel lonely to bring my twin flame into my life and to bring success into my life. And I'd like, I'm going to ask for all the shadow parts of myself to pass out of my existence. So for me, I'll probably light a candle. Again, I'll light incense. It will be outside. (laughs) So hopefully I won't be um, having a stuffy nose tomorrow. And I hope that uh, you're able to make full use of this. It's a powerful time, powerful energy. So it's time to let go of some stuff. So I would like to wish you a happy and successful Super Wolf Blood Moon for tomorrow night. Well, I'm happy to announce that today the listener support has been activated on my channel. So we will be running on sponsors and listener support. If you are so inclined, please go ahead and pledge the amount of your choice at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical. And I thank you in advance. All right, guys, let's get into it. Um, Today's topic is going to be another story. (laughs) 
about Grandma Marion, Reverend Marion Jones. So I'm going to call this segment, The Car is Alive. (laughs) This is another strange story about Grandma Marion or Reverend Marion Jones. (laughs) Reverend Marion. Um... So during one of my several visits I had made to Reverend Marion's house, she told my husband and I about a car that she used to own with her husband, George. And George and Marion had found this old car and they loved it, loved it, loved it so much. This was their uh, favorite car and they had it for a long, long time. I think she said like close to 20 years, something like that. Anyway, maybe even longer. So it was a few years into owning the car when the car started to talk to them. You know, if you uh, lived through the seventies, there was a whole series of movies about a car that talked the car was named Herbie Herbie the love bug (laughs) Herbie goes bananas (laughs) they were wild and crazy movies in which the car talked and freaked everybody out inside well don't know if the person who wrote those movies knew Grandma Marion or not (laughs) Or if this is a common occurrence. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. But Grandma Marion and George, Marion and George, would be driving down the highway in their car that was alive, and they would have conversations with the car as if it was no big deal, as if it literally was a third person in the car. Grandma Marion told me that the car would speak to them out loud. It was literally a voice and it was beyond telepathy. You know, you can speak to things telepathically and and hear the answer telepathically, but this car would literally speak to them out loud. And it had the mentality of a child, even though it would discuss at length with the, with them um, things about philosophy. So I don't know. I mean, I just thought this was a very weird story. Wanted to tell you guys about it. They would be walking. I mean, I'm sorry, driving. Why do I keep saying this? They would be driving uh, down the highway and talking to the car, and sometimes they would have someone in the car with them, and the car would talk to the other person, and sometimes they, (laughs) Marion and George would kind of like to play a little trick on people, and they would pretend that they didn't hear anything. You must be cracking up. I did not hear anything. The car car would be like, hey, what's your name? Or whatever to the person in the car with them. And (laughs) they would just be like, wait, what's that voice? I hear a voice. And they're like, we don't know what you're talking about. 
and after a long, long time, you know, replacing all the parts of the car and various things, and they think that the energy or the spirit of the car was possibly inside the frame. They had other things replaced over the years. I think they had the engine rebuilt or the engine replaced, and it was still there. I mean, still talk to them. So they feel like it was, and they don't know. They said it could have been, you know, the spirit of a child inside the car, but it felt more like instead of a trapped human, instead of a spiritual energy of a, of a, a, a human who had passed away, it was more like over the years, just loving the car and it, it gave an aliveness, you know, just like the teddy bear story. I told you seven days ago, our teddy bears alive is the name of that episode. So I feel like they, with their love and their energy and their intent of treating everything as if it matters, they gave a rise and a voice to their car, which became a living thing. And in time, it was necessary, unfortunately, to buy a new car. The car was getting too old, and the parts were now unreplaceable, except when they went to junkyards. And the other cars of the same age also had parts that were old and rusted out and also not very good. And it was just time. The car was becoming unsafe to drive. And they tried to sell it. You know, when they went to sell it, the car would kind of backtalk the people trying to buy it and freak the people out. But they had to explain and they had to sit in the car one day and say, look, this is what's happening where there's nothing we can do. We love you. We want to keep you, but we need a new car. We need to be safe on the road. And they had to explain to it like it's a child. (laughs) So they were very sad. They, they pretty much explained it and the car understood and the car held a grudge and stopped speaking to them. So they sold the car and got a new one. And that was that. (laughs) So... Yeah, I mean, it's a true story. It's a true story that Grandma Marion told me. And I, I wouldn't have believed it, except the first time I tried magic mushrooms, the first time I ate the blue mushrooms, I had a similar experience. Now, for me, I only could hear the voices while I was on mushrooms. Grandma Marion and George could hear the voices or the voice of their car without being altered or doing psychedelics, mind you. They were very conservative people. But I don't know. I think that (laughs) I think this is a real thing and the reason I think it is because when I did mushrooms when I took a couple mushrooms for spiritual reasons to explore the universe. I love psychedelics for that. I've only done mushrooms a handful of times in my life. Three times, actually. Only three times. But 
I was in the bathroom washing my hands when I heard kind of like a crying sound coming from like the toilet and I was kind of annoyed because this toilet was not flushing correctly it was not working right it had not worked right in weeks but I was high on mushrooms at the time so I said why are you crying I addressed it directly and it just kind of perked up like wow she sees me and I'm like okay this is getting weird (laughs) and I said to the toilet hey what's wrong and, and the toilet said, you don't appreciate me. And I'm like, what do you mean? Of course I appreciate you. I appreciate everything. What do you mean I don't appreciate you? This is what the toilet said to me. I haven't been working right for weeks because you have not said thank you to me. I am the one thing in everybody's house that has a toilet. I am the one thing in your toilet that does the dirtiest job for you. <laughs> Through me, you could flush away things that you don't want in your home. And I do it without question day after day. I do it without fail day after day. And I got really upset because I realized I'm unappreciated. So if you could just tell me thank you and give me love once in a while. I mean, all the time, you know, your whole family spends sitting on me Not once do I hear a thank you. I just want to hear gratitude once in a while. And I'm like, okay, thank you. I'll pass that along to the rest of the family. So (laughs) I went downstairs, told my husband, so the toilet feels unappreciated. (laughs) There's a sentence I never thought I'd say. (laughs) <laughs> and I explained it to him and he he kind of felt really sad and guilty. He's like, wow, you know, I wonder what else feels unappreciated. We should start loving all of our things. And he said, you know, I heard the TV talking earlier. <laughs> he said, in fact, I think everything talks. I think everything is around us talking and we don't even tune into it. You have to tune into it to hear it talk. I'm like, yeah, I thought I heard the TV talking earlier too. So I turned to the TV and I said, what do you want to hear? Or, or what do you want to, you know, us to hear? What, what, what are you trying to say to us? So I walked over and approached my TV. <laughs> and my TV said... Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. I'm the most beautiful thing in the whole room. (sighs) What do you mean? How do you think you're the most beautiful thing in the whole room? Well, you spend most of your time staring at me, don't you? I must be the most beautiful thing in your whole house. You spend hours in front of me. Even when I'm not turned on, you're still looking at me. Everyone looks at me, so look at me, look at me, look at me. Pay attention to me. I love it. I love the attention. (sighs) Great, I thought. My TV is a narcissist. So, as I was uh, coming up with the ideas for the show tonight, I was wondering if that was the first time I had experienced it. 
talking to the toilet, talking to the TV. I even talked to the table that night. It was confused because it remembered being in a forest. It was a wooden table. The couch was oddly silent. Made me a little bit distrustful of the couch. (laughs) The cabinets, I could feel the energy of the nature spirits still attached to the wood. They're still protecting the wood that they were born to protect. But now that I'm sober today, not on mushrooms, I start thinking about it. What little kids go through when they're very little and you take away a toy, you know, oh, you've outgrown this Johnny, you know, you've outgrown this Billy and you take away their toy and that hurts them. It physically hurts them because they have grown attached to their toys. And I started thinking about it. I remember a couple toys that I lost over the years and things that I was emotionally attached to. But the first time I ever heard anything actually speak to me was when I was, I think, I was about three, three and a half. I was with my mom. We had gone to the store. I think we were in, we called it Monkey Wards, Montgomery Wards, which isn't even a store anymore probably around 1971 or so. And my mom was going to redecorate my room and she asked me what lamp I wanted. And she kept trying to force me to buy this really beautiful lamp. And I wanted the beautiful lamp. It would have looked beautiful in my pink room. It was pink and blue and white. It was very beautiful. And... I couldn't pick that one though and it took me I mean we stood there for what seemed like an hour it was probably only 10 minutes you know I was a little kid but you know time seems different when you're at different ages and my mom was like well why can't you just decide on this lamp don't you like this lamp I go well it is very very beautiful but see that lamp is alive and I don't want to hurt its feelings And she said, what do you mean that lamp is alive? You don't want to hurt its feelings. Don't be silly. It's just a thing. And I heard the lamp cry a little, kind of let out like a moan, like it was a little sad. I'm like, yeah, mom, no, that, that, that lamp is alive. It was a white lamp. I'll never forget. It was uh, green, which I liked the color green, but also the 1970s green mixed with the 1970s orange And then it had highlights that were the 1970s yellow mixed with white. So it wasn't a very pretty lamp, I'll be honest with you. It wasn't. But on the front part of the lamp, there was a little girl and a little boy figurines made from wood and painted to look like a little girl and a little boy. And it kind of reminded me of the Hansel and Gretel story. So, or I kind of... In my mind, they were Dutch. I don't know why. (laughs) They weren't wearing wooden shoes, but in my mind, they were. And the little boy said, and the little girl said nothing. She, She wasn't alive, but the little boy figurine was alive. And he was looking right at me. He had little eyes that were hand painted by somebody. 
little, just little black spots on a piece of wood. And yet it was alive and it was looking at me and he, he said, pick me, pick me, please pick me. I'm so lonely. I'm so bored in this store. Please pick me. I want to go home with you, little girl. I think you're so beautiful. I want to go, you know, sales, you know, salesmanship of an inanimate object, you know? And so I was tugging at my heartstrings and I started crying. And my mom said, why are you crying? I said, because I really love the beautiful lamp, but that lamp is really sad. It'll be very sad and it will, and he will cry if I don't pick him and I have to pick him. That little boy is alive and he's talking to me. And, and my mom's like, well, then why don't you pick that lamp? I'm like, because that lamp is ugly. <laughs> and the little boy started crying. The lamp started crying. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then I started crying. My mom's like, why are you crying? I'm like, well, I made the lamp cry. So, I mean, this is like the most insane conversation. And I'm like three and a half. <laughs> trying to have a conversation with the lamp and my mom simultaneously. And I'm like, okay, look, um, let's just take the little boy home. And then he's like, thank you. Thank you. And he's like kind of sniffling and crying and okay. Okay. And then I had to just hug it. I just had to hug the lamp and say, look, I'm sorry. We're going to be friends from now on. Don't worry. We're friends. And you know, I'm never going to call you ugly. You're not ugly. The part of you that is you on the lamp is not ugly. I just don't like the other colors of the lamp. It's not going to match my room at all. And um, the following year, 1972, in Los Angeles, I lived in Van Nuys, across the street from Van Nuys High School. <laughs> and there was um, the earthquake, the big Silmar quake of 72. It was huge. It was huge. We didn't have power for a long time. And I remember waking up and I saw the lamp fall. And it made me cry so hard, like that little boy. I was so worried about him. And my, but my dad came and he, he ran into my room and he hovered over my body and he just kind of blocked everything that was flying around the room from hitting me. And he saved my life. And then as soon as the main part of the shaker was over, we ran back into his room and I cuddled between my mom and my dad and it was terrifying. It was terrifying. And that lamp broke and I never heard from it again. And it was very sad. It was very, very sad. So what is the point of this insanity I'm bringing to you? Um, I mentioned this before a couple times this past week that we are creators. We are co-creators in this universe. We are a piece of God, basically. And as such, we have the ability to create anything and everything we want. During the super wolf blood moon tomorrow, you have an opportunity to start over. But I want you to be conscious, consciously aware that everything in your life is alive to one extent or another. It's alive with your energy. And the more concentrated your energy goes into something, the more it becomes alive. And I believe that, that little lamp, I believe that the reason it was alive was the person who painted it, loved it and imagined it into being. Just as Geppetto imagined Pinocchio as a real boy. 
just as in the story of Velveteen Rabbit. The rabbit becomes alive because it was very, very loved. I think that there's there's something to all these stories. <laughs> They're wonderful. We love to believe it's true, but what if it were true? And what if you were able to treat everything in your life as if it matters, as if it's just created from energy and love that you gave it. So that's your food for thought (laughs) for today. And this is going to be a shorter episode because I've left you with two very long episodes the last few days. So we make this one a little bit shorter. <laughs> so that's that. I, I love you guys with all my heart. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to my channel. You know, with millions of choices millions of things you could be paying attention to right now. The fact that you're here listening to me in my little podcast brings a lot of warmth to my heart. I wanted to thank you for that. So until tomorrow, right now, I am signing off with peace and joy and the high vibes of the Holy Fifth Dimension. Metaphysical Soul Speak is run on sponsors and listener support. This means listeners like you. If you are so inclined to support my efforts and my little podcast, please visit me at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical and pledge an amount of your choosing today. Thank you.